With startups, it's it's a bit different because their story is so important. A lot of them are going out to raise money and they need to be able to stand up, tell their story in a minute, tell their story in five minutes, tell their story in a 20-minute discussion with investors. Welcome to episode 24 of Engage With Story. And in this episode, we're talking startups and storytelling with the awesome Jess Toms from White Lane Creative. Let's go. I'm Ben Amos. Join me as we dive deep into how some of the best in business, marketing, content creation, and education wield powerful and effective stories to engage audiences and drive action. Welcome to Engage With Story. What is who? Excellent question. Hooli isn't just another high-tech company. Hooli isn't just about software. Hooli, Hooli is about people. Hooli is about innovative technology that makes a difference, transforming the world as we know it, making the world a better place through minimal message-oriented transport layers. I firmly believe we can only achieve greatness if first we achieve goodness. If fictional Hooli CEO and founder Gavin Belson from HBO's hit TV show Silicon Valley has anything to say about startups and storytelling, it would probably be some sort of wanky hyperbole like that, filled with nonsensical, inauthentic corporate speak that we all call BS on. You see, when we think about business storytelling, we're unfortunately somewhat tainted by this sort of cliched communications that's been coming from corporations big and small for decades. However, with the rise of digital platforms, the seamless integration of communication networks into our everyday lives, and the proliferation of potential brand touch points both online and off, the importance of nailing our brand communications is now more important than ever. And today's guest has made this her passion. She helps brands to articulate their purpose, ideate creativity, and curate community. She works to bring startup and early stage businesses to life through developing brand strategy, content marketing, and community management. She's a digital marketer, a brand strategist, an author, and a savvy switched on digital native. She is Jess Toms from White Lane Creative. Now in today's chat, Jess breaks down for us the importance of storytelling consistently and strategically for startups. We discuss how a brand's personality can be defined and highlighted through the stories you tell and how they are told. We dig into the biggest mistakes that so many businesses make in their brand communications. And we also unpack what's been happening over the last month or so on LinkedIn, a network that's going gangbusters at the moment in my opinion. This is a really actionable and valuable episode, guys. So get your notepads or your Evernote apps ready. And here it is, my chat with Jess Toms from White Lane Creative. All right, Engage With Story listeners, thank you very much for joining me today. I've got an awesome guest for you today. It's Jess Toms from White Lane Creative. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to bringing this chat with you today. So welcome, Jess. How are you? Hi, Ben. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Now, we are going to talk about your passion of brand communications and storytelling and marketing and digital marketing and all of that sort of stuff, which is going to be really valuable for the listeners. But I just want to get into something before we get into the conversation today, because you are going nuts on LinkedIn <laughs> at the moment. Seriously, I knew, like, I knew this was coming. <laughs> like LinkedIn 
has, I don't know what's happened and I want to explore this with you a little bit, but you know, I'm seeing it in my own LinkedIn feed and my own use of LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn's changing or changed and you are getting some great results. So tell me, what do you know that I don't? <laughs> Well, it wasn't so much what I knew. It was all my crazy marketing friends that knew before me and were hassling me to actually use uh, LinkedIn as a content platform. And I, as we've seen in the, I can't remember exactly when it was, but LinkedIn was acquired by Microsoft and they are becoming more and more a content player. So you can already post articles on their Pulse um, kind of blogging platform. But what happened that was really interesting is the, the native status updates within LinkedIn, they changed the settings on them so they can be public posts. So you can post on your personal LinkedIn and set it to public and it now has the ability to go kind of viral like we saw on Facebook, like we see on Facebook. Once someone likes it, it gets shown to all of their connections and you kind of get this viral effect on the news feed with posts getting crazy amount of views. So I was at Creative 3 conference in Brisbane uh, over a month, month or two ago and talking to my friend uh, uh, String Story and she had already started on LinkedIn because they had launched videos for the news feed and they were way behind on that. Um, as we all know, but, and it kind of seemed weird for the platform as this kind of online resume builder, but they launched videos. All my friends that were video content creators were posting, uh, videos on there talking like they were on Facebook and they were getting insane results. Uh, string got, I think 400,000 views in a month on her videos wow. or something crazy. So they were hassling me because they knew that I blogged on Medium and my own website to start putting posts up. And I, I said, well, I'll post daily on there for a month and see what happens, see what kind of traction I get. And at this point I had about uh, 300 connections, so about 300 followers as well, similar. Um, I'd never looked at how many views I got on my post or anything. I don't think I'd ever posted even I probably just shared an article. So I started posting natively on the platform. And after 20 days of daily posts, I had 110,000 views on all of my content. And it was crazy. I'm now up to two and a half thousand followers just after the first month. And that's all just people organically finding me from my posts. Some of my posts have gotten up to about 40,000 views just on one post. So yeah, wow. it's a bit crazy. So, it's like Instagram in 2013 and Facebook in, you know, 2010. It's got that real organic, um, engaged feel to the platform before the algorithms have kind of caught up and changed things for everyone. Yeah. That's really interesting that a little shift in the way that LinkedIn set up their platform, but then combine that with a shift in the way people are using maybe as a result of them seeing results, they're using yeah, it differently as well. I think it's a mix. I saw a post today about saying LinkedIn hasn't changed that much, but the people on LinkedIn have changed. And I think, uh, especially younger generations and, um, marketers, especially who are creating a lot of content. Um, LinkedIn is a perfect platform because you're going to reach your target market really quickly. And with the uh, direct message feature, like LinkedIn has trans that all those views on my content has translated into sales for me. I just closed a, um, a, a, a 
proposal for a client that saw one of my posts on LinkedIn and messaged me about services. So it's actually translating into tangible business for me personally. And I know a lot of other people. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Look, I know we're going to talk about LinkedIn further as we go (laughs) through this conversation today, but I just wanted to dive into it there. But I want to bring it back now because there are listeners and probably plenty of listeners to the Engage With Story podcast today that haven't heard about Jess Tom's White Lane Creative and what you do. Can you tell me a little bit about your story, about what led you to your passion for, for marketing and communication and working with brands in this way? Yeah, of course. So I am the founder of Whiteland Creative, which is a branding and communications agency. And I'm also a co-founder of Xandra, which is a conversation design studio that specializes in chatbots and voice assistants. So these days I'm working full-time on Whiteland Creative. Um, I spent about four months of this year in California working on a project for uh, a few clients for Xandra, but I'm back doing um, my main kind of passion, which is brand communications. And I got into it probably, I'd say accidentally. I studied public relations at uni and thought I was going to go into a PR agency in like fashion or beauty and work my way up and really thrive in that environment. But after interning, I interned in a traditional PR agency And then I interned with a startup uh, at the same time and the startup was pre-launch, it was a beauty company and I basically got free reign of their social media and their launch strategy and their influencer marketing and everything. So I worked there for about nine months actually interning and just got as much experience as I could and it was all about experimenting and I knew i this was in 2015 and I just, this is when, you know, Instagram was still, the algorithm was great and everything. And I just knew that social media worked and I got to experiment and build a brand from the ground up, which was almost addictive. I really loved it. So yeah, that was my start basically. Yeah. So, I mean, you seem to have, I guess, as you're saying, you're working in a traditional PR agency, but then you really kind of cut your teeth and found your passion in that startup space. And that's a big part of where you're playing today. That's right. Yeah. I, as soon as I finished my studies, I started working in a co-working space with a lot of startups and they naturally became clients just through networking and events and and working alongside them. And I never, I never thought I would, I didn't even know what a startup was when I was in uni. I'd never heard of the phrase, to be honest. I, I watch, I had watched the social network with Facebook. And even then I was like, I I hadn't, I had no idea. So basically being in the co-working space and seeing how these kind of what I thought were traditional businesses were actually setting themselves up and designing themselves differently as startups and what that actually entailed and, you know, low budgets, you know, quick timeframes, they're ready to experiment. It just, it was, it was great to work with them and kind of, um, iterate and build their communications in that kind of way. So that's what I started doing, um, after I finished and it's kind of gone from there and I found this weird niche with clients in blockchain to skincare to, uh, you know, turmeric lattes, like anything (laughs) is kind of goes. 
Yeah, pretty wide and varied. Um, yes. Let's, let's dive into startups a little bit further and particularly, you know, communications and digital marketing with within the startup space. And in, at Engage With Story, we're all about the power of storytelling. And I know that that plays a big part in in communicating and the digital marketing strategies for startups. But what role do, do you use with storytelling in the work that you do? It, with startups, it's it's a bit different because they story is so important. A lot of them are going out to raise money and they need to be able to stand up, tell their story in a minute, tell their story in five minutes, tell their story in a 20-minute discussion with investors and they need to know what their company does in one sentence all the way through to, you know, an hour discussion going into the depths and the nitty-gritty. So, I've worked a lot with founders one-on-one to articulate that and it's honestly quite easy because a lot of the time people are launching startups because they have this problem in their life. For example, uh, the skincare company I worked with, Breeze Botanicals, uh, Kelly, the founder, launched that because she had gone through, she had had an electrical accident and she was a bush ranger and she knew all the purposes and the kind of remedies that natural Australian plants could offer in the bush. And when she was, you know, lying in bed recovering from this electrical accident, she was so sensitive to chemicals and products and really was looking for a natural solution. And that led her to creating a company with these Australian native botanicals that are so potent and powerful and good for your skin and all natural. So for her telling her story, it's really emotive and really powerful because she has this knowledge of the product that's so core to who she is and her past. And now she's bringing that to the world. And even when you hear them talk about it, they get really emotional and it's something that's so close to their heart. So they make it easy for me, to be honest. But some problems that I see is a lot of startups on the other end of that scale get way too swept up in product building and which is not a bad thing necessarily but when it comes to startups in tech in the tech in the sorry in the tech space especially and they're launching something brand new they really need to communicate the why and the how of their product because a lot of the time people have never seen it before and they don't allocate the money or time for marketing, which is the biggest problem that I do see. Yeah, I mean, it's all about that, uh, that Simon Sinek idea of starting with the why, which um, you know, we, yeah. we have mentioned in the Engage With Story podcast before. So you mentioned, you know, how startups can use storytelling to communicate to potential investors or to to stakeholders within the company, you know, their reasons for starting the business and taking it where they want to take it. But this, getting the story right for startups is much more than that, isn't it? It's also about how they use it through all of their digital marketing. Would you agree? And if you can dive into a little bit about different ways that that story infiltrates through into different things that they actually do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I work with startups to define their kind of brand pillars, I would say, like their mission, values and purpose. And that trickles, I advocate for that to kind of trickle down into every touch point, as I call it. So the caption on your Instagram photo needs to resonate the same as your mission, for example. It needs to have the same feel, it needs to have the same tone of voice. And having a strong purpose, a strong 
why and you know why they exist and and a, a strong voice helps them build trust with their audience as a new company uh, older businesses traditional you know corporations have already built this trust around whatever they do through time you know they've been going since 1940 or 1970 and they're just so ingrained in people's psyche with huge ad budgets so a startup that's trying to compete in that space needs to come along and actually stand out. And I think a good example is Frank Body, the coffee scrub out of Melbourne. Yeah. So that, that was actually founded, a few of their co-founders are actually copywriters. So they put tone of voice as a really high priority. And if you go on the website, it's this very cheeky, uh, almost like overtly sexual tone of voice saying, hey, babe, get some coffee scrub, coffee scrub, like, uh, use me to scrub yourself, you know, all that stuff. But the target audience is, you know, young girls and it's really funny and kind of cheeky. It's never, it never crosses the line. Um, but even on their Instagram and all their imagery and their social media, it's just so spot on. You can find that brand online, on their website, on their Twitter, on their Instagram, in found interviews. And you know, it's that brand just from the tone of voice, which was what I think, what you talk about, how the story can trickle through. I think the tone of voice from that story is what sets them apart. And when, where do you see the biggest mistakes being made in this startup space? Like, I know you're, you're talking about some great people who are doing that well. I'm sure you've seen some examples, and you don't need to name names, but I'm <laughs> sure you've seen some examples or some common mistakes of startups not using story effectively or not communicating effectively. Yeah, I mean, like I said already, I've seen there's so many times where they build a great product and it breaks my heart because it is such a great product because I've actually used it myself. And then they turn around this, they say, oh, we're not sure what to do now because we've got no money left for marketing or we've got this great product, but we're going to uh, a conference or we're going to a trade show and we don't have Facebook, we don't have Instagram. Of course, there are companies that uh, that makes sense for their communications, but a lot of the time they can spend a few hundred dollars on Facebook ad and Facebook ads and have the same result for their money, uh, a bigger result for their money. So I think in general, we still have this lack of respect for social media in general and seeing it as a nice to have, um, but I think that it represents your whole brands. And there's, like I've mentioned already, there's a lot of brands out there today that are solely social media driven. And I actually saw this morning, the young rich list was announced the, I, I can't remember the publication that runs it in Australia, but the people that were on there, all of their businesses were built on social media. And that has really driven their business through social media marketing and influencer marketing, the high smile founders from the Gold Coast, their uh, accumulative wealth is 46 million, I think now. And they, they debuted on the rich list this morning that a couple of 22, 24 year old guys from the Gold Coast built their whole business through Instagram and influencer marketing. So there's just, there's just so many examples of people that have made it work that it's it's sad to see startups still disrespecting social media. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, I mean, like I do agree. There is, I think, sometimes the, you know, the brands that are doing it really well take the limelight, and yeah. um, then there's there's so many that are are still struggling in this area. But 
you know, fortunately, I think, you know, people are and businesses are starting to realise the impact that it, that it has for sure. Uh, but then it's not just about understanding the power of, of the social platforms or digital marketing in general. It's also getting it right, isn't it? Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And uh, just to clarify that Young Rich list that was announced uh, today was by Financial Review. So we'll, yes, include a, yes. we'll include a link in the show notes if people want to check out who the rich Australians are <laughs> under 40. The young 40. rich Australians are. Yeah, the ones that aren't us. Um, yeah, if you want to feel uh, good about yourself this morning. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. So look, let's um, let's expand a bit more on some specific methods and and ways that brands or businesses, even if they're not in the startup space, can start to either evaluate what they're currently doing or to set some plans in place or some strategies in place for communicating more effectively using story, uh, you know, in their either startup or, or more established business. Do you have a, like if, if they were to ask you to come in and they were recognising they're doing it all wrong, where do you start and what are your first kind of steps you put in place with them? So my first step is uh, tone of voice. So I think it's a, it's a huge element of storytelling. And for me, my certain approach is definitely the tone of voice. So if I kind of think if your brand was a person, who would they be? What would their name be? What would they do on the weekend? What food would they eat? Who are their friends? Everything like that. Um, and that's, that's the brand that's not your users and being able to sit down and, and figure out this really strong point of difference and strong purpose. Because I think in 2017, if you're starting a business, what's, what's the purpose that's so crowded and there's so many people doing so many things. So I think that if you are putting yourself out there as a business that you really do need to have that point of difference. So that's the first thing I look at. And then I look at the available uh, platforms. So obviously we've talked about LinkedIn and this chain, like we said, LinkedIn only in like the last four months has grown into this uh, huge content player. It's only going to get bigger in 2018. And the, you know, Jeff, the CEO has even said that he's interested in uh, producing shows on LinkedIn to compete with Facebook Watch. So the platforms that are best for your startup actually change quite rapidly. <laughs> so mm. it's good to have someone that actually knows what's going on. But I would look at the platforms that can have the most impact. So, for example, if you're an a, a e-commerce business then and you have products that uh, a lifestyle product, for example, then Instagram is probably your best bet. And making sure that the messaging and the imagery for Instagram as it is a you know visual platform are spot on and can be posted on there and have a really beautiful feed but going on from that there's a difference between posting and using social media and actually engaging engaging with purpose so this comes down to even replying to every comment. Um, I think the, another beauty brand that comes to mind is Glossier um, from the US. They, I used them as an example in an article the other day because I had a screenshot of their Instagram uh, post where they'd launched a new product and someone on their end had replied to every single comment. We're talking about thousands of comments and obviously they're a huge brand. So they have someone employed to do this <laughs> all day, but they replied to every single comment, 
hey girl, uh, direct message us for more info. And they've got this huge conversation just continually going with their audience. And a lot of startups fail to do that even in the start. And I think if you have 200 followers, you should be thankful for every person that's following you. And if they comment, I see this so often, someone will have an Instagram, they're posting every day and it's got, you know, three or four comments on each post and asking questions even about the product and no one's replying, no one's actually engaging. And I just feel like it's almost as bad as a bad Facebook review, having a comment that's not replied to, in my opinion, it just looks poor on the brand. So going from this clear brand story, you need to be able to translate that and actually build a community around that story, the people that share the same vision. Yeah, I think it's so important that people understand digital platforms in the same way that they understand face-to-face and, you know, I guess you're, you're more flesh-to-flesh human interactions. Yeah, if if yeah. someone walked into your, your physical store or into your office and asked you a question, would you just blank them? You, you wouldn't respond. Exactly, exactly. And it's very much the same way, isn't it? And it, it, I'm it, definitely, it, yeah, big on that. I, I kind of refer to it as conversational marketing. So if someone asks you a question, I think, yeah, like you said, you wouldn't just not reply to them. And in person, it would be so rude. And I think we've gone from this almost email etiquette that's translated into social media and is so slowly being eroded and people will be a lot more casual and conversational with how they how they interact with their audiences yeah so as you know you're a small if you're a small business or you're a solo business or you're a startup and one person's handling your marketing I think that tone of voice thing is easier to control yeah for sure as as a business grows however or if they're a more established business even with you know an outsourced team marketing for them uh how how can they control or how can they really make sure that they're controlling that tone of voice and using it appropriately for the brand yeah i think it all comes down to having almost like an internal strategy document of how everyone should represent the brand so whether this is uh here's our brand, uh, Smith shoes, for example, I just made that up, but this is Smith shoes in 10 words. This is Smith shoes in 50 words, a hundred words. Here's a paragraph. Here's our brand story. Here's an information about our founder and have everything documented and have it to be a collaborative document that everyone can refer to and have actual content examples on there that people can read and use and I've even worked with companies to help them with their email tone of voice because they've got designers and engineers who are not you know sitting right next to the marketing department emailing back and forth with clients and uh, you've got an 18 year old engineer just being like hey Sue send this ASAP cheers where (laughs) (laughs) the brand might be a lot more formal than that and I've even written email templates for for brands so they can can refer to it so in short it's it's having that tone of voice documented and having a document where you can literally find anything you need bios on the founders what an Instagram should look like a visual style guide all of that stuff in a consolidated strategy so every time a new employee comes on, they can read it and they know exactly how to represent the company. 
Yeah, and I really love that idea that you mentioned before around having a a brand persona documented as well because well, yes. I think for many of us, you know, if we've worked with marketing agencies or our own marketing, we've got our customer personas, our client personas probably pretty well mapped out. And if we haven't, then you should. But <laughs> the idea of having that same kind of thing, crafting a, a persona around the brand that makes it a tangible, real person, you know, it really provides, I think, that direction and guidance so that someone, when they are creating something in the brand's voice, they know what that voice is and yeah, there's that consistency. Sure. And yeah, I, I think, love that idea. I think we've definitely shifted from these kind of behemoth, huge traditional corporations that are just, you know, IBM with a logo and it's thousands and thousands of people and, or, you know, Coca-Cola or these huge companies and we have seen this wave of startups that did things differently and, you know, you see all these people adopting the sharing economy with Airbnb and Uber and the trust that is placed on these companies, you know, getting into a stranger's car, getting in a stranger's house. The trust that people give to these companies is huge and mm. traditionally that was reserved for these huge companies that could just say, family owned since 18, you know, 98 and all of a sudden you would, you know, trust them with everything. And I just think in it's almost world history, all these huge events, the global financial crisis just eroded people's trust. And when these kind of friendly, fun, you know, companies started that were actually making pe uh, people's, people's lives easier, it just changed everyone's perceptions of what a company is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, Jess, I just want to bring things to a, to a close here. But uh, before we do, I just want to throw back to you to see if you can sum up ev everything you've kind of shared with us today with your top three tips for better brand marketing in 2017. Can you sum it up for us? Of course. So I think the first tip is to have a clear purpose and brand mission documented that you can refer to in all communications that actually, like I said, trickles down into every touch point. So the brand mission on your website should feel the same as an Instagram caption. That's the first one. The second one, uh, choose your most popular platform, and especially for startups, choose your most popular platform and build a community on it. So whether this is Instagram, uh, building your audience on there first and then moving off to other platforms or LinkedIn, like we said, going all in on LinkedIn, posting every day, building a community, engaging, commenting, uh, choose one platform that is almost perfect for your company and stick to it for a month or two months and not use anything else is a good way to kind of growth hack, I guess. And the last one is engage with purpose. So we talk a lot about sharing your story and, and, the kind of follow-up to that is engaging and having a conversation. So like we said, replying to every comment and not just saying, if someone asks a question, not just saying, thanks, Sue, thanks for your comment, saying, oh, great, great insight, Sue, can you tell me more about that? And actually acting like a human and having a conversation, engaging with your audience uh, to build trust is my last tip. Love that. Engage with purpose. It's a great place to end an engage with story interview. <laughs> um, Jess Toms from White Lane Creative. If people want to find out more about you or follow you or uh, explore a bit more about what you're into, where can they find you? Well, I think you know what I'm going to say. Follow I think me. I do. <laughs> you can follow me on LinkedIn. <laughs> there it is. 
my LinkedIn is uh, Jess Toms, all one word, and I'm sure there'll be a link out so you can follow me for my daily posts. We will. We'll include a LinkedIn link to your profile uh, in the show notes. Uh, so check it out over there, guys. Look, Jess, thanks for your time today. It's been awesome and uh, love getting insight from people at the forefront of what's happening like yourself. So thanks, thanks very ben. much. Thanks for having me. There you have it, guys. Head on over and follow Jess Toms. That's T-H-O-M-S over on LinkedIn. And while you're there, I'd love to connect with you myself. So reach out to me at the same time. Now, I'm sharing lots more video content, updates, and industry knowledge over on LinkedIn, and I would love to stay connected with you there. Hey, if you've ever considered building a strategic video marketing plan for your business, I'm really pleased to let you know about my free video course to help you get started. I call it my Online Video Strategy Foundations course, and over the course of three free short videos, I'll step you through what you need to know to develop an effective video content roadmap for your business. Now, if you're interested, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash foundations and jump on into the course. It's absolutely free. So until next week, here's your story quote to leave you thinking. This time from Mary Catherine Bateson. She says, and I quote, the human species thinks in metaphors and learns through stories, end quote. All right, take care, and I'll be back at you next week for another episode of Engage With Story.